Hello and welcome to Quarter Time Podcast in partnership with Carbon Jacked. I'm Lucy G. And I'm Lucy P. And we're here to bring you all the netball goodness you never knew you needed. We're delighted to say that this series of Quarter Time Podcast is supported by Carbon Jacked, an environmental startup that helps you combat climate change. They are an awesome company that provide monthly memberships which plant trees, support epic climate projects and help you to reduce your carbon footprint. Memberships start from just £2.50 per month so you can help save the planet for less than a cup of coffee. Signing up is super easy. Go to carbonjacks.com and enter Netball Pod for a huge 30% off. The link is in our show notes. Go check it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Quarter Time. Loose, the final round of the regular Mm. season for the Super League is done and dusted. That is season over for seven out of the 11 teams with four still to play in the semi-finals and finals this weekend. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, for sure. So what have we got on today's episode? So this week, we'll be recapping the news and giving our three-word summaries of round 20 of the Vitality Netball Super League, including our game of the round and our player of the round. Our special guests today are Liv Cheen and Sam Bird from London Pulse, who we'll be talking to about the power of youth. We discuss preparing our young athletes for the rigors of elite sport, coping with pressure, building a young and talented side, and daring to dream. This is a cracking one. Mm, Yes, love this one so much. Uh, So moving on to the news for this week. I mean, the biggest piece of news to come out of this week is that Kat Rapnapala is leaving Mavericks. Mm -hmm. That is now five out of 11 head coaches stepping down. Whether they're stepping away from the sport entirely or moving to different franchises, don't know. Could be lots of opportunity there. But don't forget as well, Danny Titmus-Morris is only in her second year as a head coach at a Super League franchise. So we're sort of really thin on the ground now in terms of having experienced Super League coaches, unless we look to import some coaches from abroad. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, it's funny you mention about people moving to different teams because I actually hadn't considered that, but that's something to think about, isn't it? That some mm. coaches might choose to go elsewhere. Well, yeah, like Tracy said, it'll be absolutely devastating if we lose all of that netball knowledge from the sport mm. as a whole. So maybe it's just going to be a case of seat hopping and move into different clubs. Who knows? Yeah. Or a few older names coming back into the mix. Honestly, I cannot wait for more of these announcements to start rolling in. It's going to be so juicy. Mm. Speaking of announcements, we had the Emna Mix team announced this week. Congratulations to everyone who trialed and everyone who was selected for that squad. And interestingly, Paige Kindred and Lucy Herdman named. So we said there would be a couple of familiar faces and we were not wrong. Yeah, I told you to look out for that VNSL Spice and there it is. So yeah, very, very exciting for them. Uh, As well, for those of you who were at the Copper Box on Saturday for Pulse's last home game of the regular season, we were hosting. It was absolutely incredible. The atmosphere was insane. Uh, Big, big thank you to everyone who came down. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, we love that. That was so awesome. And the picture on the court afterwards, amazing. And finally, a shout out to Thoroughbred Club netballers Lorna Botwright, Vicky Hagen and their friend Megan Platten, who are taking on the Cornish coast and raising money for the Marine Conservation Society. They're trekking 289 miles with all their gear on their back, including the tent, all over 13 days, and they'll be averaging 24 miles a day. That is amazing. Yeah, I loved it when we got that message on Instagram just asking us to do the shout out. Like what they're doing is absolutely incredible. So hats off to you guys. Hope it goes really well. So let's kick off with our three word summaries. Take it away, Luce. Okay, so first up on Friday, we had Sirens versus Wasps with Wasps taking a very narrow win, 42 Mm. to 41. And I said a fitting farewell. 
Nice. This was a must-win game for Wasps to keep their top eight chances alive. And I expect, while it wasn't great for Mel Mansfield's blood pressure, (laughs) she would say that it was an exciting way to end her tenure at Wasps. It wasn't a clinical performance for either side, and there were plenty of errors, 16 for Wasps and 13 sirens, plus seven and nine missed shots, respectively. But there were amazing battles across the court, particularly Vinkumbu on Rachel Dunn, which was a great tussle to see. Yes, that was amazing. Uh, first up on Saturday was um, our hosting game. It was Pulse versus Rhinos at the Copper Box. And Pulse took a really good win, 52 to 45. And I've gone for Rocky, then Rolling. <laughs> See what I did See what there? You did there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't a great start from Pulse, who were down after the first quarter. But their defence absolutely pulled them back into the game with some incredible stats. Fidoju had two rebounds, three intercepts, 11 deflections and eight turnovers. And Keeble had one rebound, four intercepts, seven deflections and six turnovers. They were just incredible. It was really unlucky for Vicky Oisola and her side not to take the win for pride in their last game of the season. But it was a really decent outing considering that Rhinos were riddled with injuries. They had no burger, no Rushton. But Clinton really stood up and she shot 37 from 43 at 86%, which I think is pretty good going given that she's had like minimal court time this season. Yeah, I was definitely impressed by her. Next up, it was Mavericks versus Bath, with Bath taking the win 59 to 46. And I said, consistently inconsistent again. Another final game for a Super League head coach, although we didn't know it at the time. Unfortunately for Kat Ratnapala, Mavericks again were too wasteful in this game. And although there was only two in it at half time, a 5-18 to 18 third quarter did Mavs in and they had 13 unforced errors to Bath's five. Yikes. Mm. In terms of Bath, they weren't doing anything too flashy, just doing the basics well, applying pressure and waiting for their opportunities. It was great to see Kadeen Corbin back in her familiar goal attack position in the final quarter. She tore it up. And I, <laughs> I just, what versatility to go from goalkeeper to goal attack. Love it. Yeah, incredible. Following this one was um, oh, a cracker of a game. Storm versus Dragons with Storm taking a six goal win, 58 to 52. And I've gone for what a battle. Mm. It's always a great game between Storm and Dragons. And this one was no exception. Dragons were out for blood, having lost to Storm by just one goal back in round 10. And they managed to pull it back level in that final quarter. But, oh man, Storm just weathered the late surge and managed to secure their fast five spot. Peace scored only, well, I say only, 39 of 43 in this game, which is probably on the lower side of what we've seen from her this season. But I've got to do a shout out for Frankie Wells, who really stood up to the task and shot 15 from 18 at 83%, a much higher volume than what we've seen throughout a lot of the season from Storm. Yeah, for sure. Next up on Sunday, we had Stars versus Sirens, with Sirens taking a win 48 to 40. And I said, sigh of relief. Despite a large number of missed shots in this one, 14 in fact, Sirens were able to come away with the spoils and crucially a large enough goal difference to keep Wasps out of the top eight. Vincumbu again was outstanding for her side and this was an important confidence booster for Sirens who have had a bit of a rocky season. For Stars, it will be disappointing for them to finish at the bottom of the ladder but a well-fought game to round off their campaign and say farewell to Katie Harris who has announced her retirement. Luce, this means that we've got a fast five with potentially no Rachel Dunn. Don't say that. Well, unless someone's going to bring her in as one of her all-stars, which they absolutely surely. I mean, surely. You would think. One would think. (laughs) But we will see. (laughs) And to finish off the round, the final game on Monday was Thunder versus Lightning. Very, very frightening. With Thunder taking the win 71 to 63. And I've gone for 20 from 20. Mate, Thunder have done it. They Mm. made it to the end of the season with a string of sweet, sweet Ws. Although Lightning started strong, they had a dip in the second half, which I think ultimately cost them the game. Thunder were extremely clinical. They were punishing. They were difficult to get ball off of, as they have been throughout the whole season. And we'll go into the semi-finals weekend with oodles of confidence after toppling the reigning champs. 
I think for Lightning, Vicky Burr just mentioned the learnings that it'll take from that game. But without Beth Cobden to slow down the speed of that attacking end for Thunder, they just weren't able to turn over enough ball in defence. Yeah, absolutely agree. It was a cracking match though, wasn't it? Mm. Such a good one. Moving on to our game of the round, unsurprisingly, it's Thunder versus Lightning, Mm -hmm. the potential grand final preview that we've all been waiting for. And obviously, as we mentioned in the summary, no Beth Cobden for Loughborough in this one and also no Shadeen Vandermeer due to injury. Looking at some stats for this game, Thunder had 19 deflections to Lightning's nine. Lightning had nine missed shots to Thunder's three and Thunder 10 turnovers to Lightning's four. So they were pretty dominant in both ends of the court. I mean, Mvula, 39 from 39, Cardwell, 29 from 31, Nat Metcalf, 28 feeds. It just goes on and on when you look Mm. at the stats. Kerry Alman, two intercepts, six deflections and six turnovers. Everyone from Thunder did exactly what their role requires of them. It was just masterclass in execution of a game plan. Every starting seven player for Thunder had at least one deflection. How's that for a uh, stat, loose? Yeah, Every single I'm- player... It just speaks to the intensity of which they play, and that's across the court. They don't just leave it to their defenders to do the defensive work. Yeah. But- I think what I found really interesting in this game from Thunder's perspective is that they didn't seem as interested in playing around with the combinations or testing things because they wanted to test it. I don't know if I'm sort of reading too much into it or I don't know, but I it came across to me that the changes they made was to try and find solutions to the problems that Lightning were presenting them with. Whereas Lightning just had a little bit more creativity in their lineup, like they had been Bellerin goalkeeper, which I think we... It's fair to say she wouldn't normally be the starting goalkeeper. They were just testing things because they wanted to test things, whereas Thunder were having to respond to what Lightning was putting in front of them. I Mm. I think they were clearly trying to retain their unbeaten record for the regular season. And why wouldn't you? But will that come back to bite them? Because they played the majority of their starting seven for most of the game. I actually disagree. I think in the lead up to a final, you want to know who that seven is and you want to know that they can play 60 if they need to. And Mm -hmm. also they are comfortable with the changes because they've been testing them out all season. So it's not like they've been playing with their seven for the whole season and they haven't tested anyone. We've seen so many combos for Thunder. I I think they're in a good place. Oh, for sure in a good place. But if we had another week in between... Uh, this game and the semis I'd say yeah absolutely fine but because there's only a few days I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens it's a balance yeah isn't it between rest for players and also the momentum because Mm. had they lost this game it might have been a little bit of a sticky patch to get through whereas now it's like well we've won that game we can go on to win the next game they can go into the semi-final with the you know, the assurance that they haven't lost this season. And so it's a comforting thing to have. But also imagine going 19 games unbeaten and then losing (laughs) in the last one. Exactly. (laughs) That would be horrendous. I don't think anyone would sleep from that Thunder team if that happened to them. They would just be restless. But no, it was a a cracking game and and nice. And and maybe we'll see them face off again this weekend. Who knows? Mm. But we'll have to see what Pulse and Bath have got to say about that. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to our player of the round, we have to give an honourable mention to Kadeem Corbin for possibly, I don't know, maybe being the first player in Super League history to play goalkeeper and goal attack in the same game Mm. and to do it so well. But this week we've gone for Tawera Vincumbo. Man, there is so much good stuff to say about Tawera. The way she can lift a team when they really need it and the tenacity that she brings to the game. She is honestly just a pleasure to watch. Mm. Stats-wise, against Wasp, she had one rebound, five intercepts, seven deflections, seven turnovers. And then just two days later, she was able to back that up again against Stars with one rebound, five intercepts, three deflections, eight turnovers, and just 10 penalties wow she honestly she is just a turnover machine she's topping the league for both intercepts and turnovers no other defender in the league is a leader in multiple stats there might be in the top five but she is leading two of those stats it's just amazing stuff yeah and when you consider as well that she was up against Rachel Dunn and Kat Tuivaiti 
And I mean, she kept them both to 27 and 21 goals, respectively. That is so impressive. Yeah, crazily so. Like, she's just phenomenal. Coming up after the break, we hear from Olivia Cheen and Sam Bird on The Power of Youth. Join the likes of Tamsin Greenway, Gia Ebenethy and us to become a Carbon Jacked member and combat climate change. It's just £2.50 per month and you'd be doing your bit and helping to protect the planet. We really think that netballers can make a difference and so do Carbon Jacked. That's why they support this podcast. They're helping England netball plant trees for goals scored in the Vitality Netball Super League and our Netball Scotland sustainability partner. Go to carbonjack.com to become a member today and use Netball Pod for 30% off. Link is in the show notes. We are absolutely thrilled to be joined by head coach and CEO of London Pole, Sam Bird, and their star goal shooter, Liv Cheen. How are you doing, guys? Very well, thank you. Good. Well, how's the mood in camp ahead of semi-finals on Friday? Very exciting. Liv, how's the mood? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, everyone's hyped and pumped and um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And training has been hard, but like we expected it and we are enjoying it. So just last, last little push. And yeah. Amazing. I mean, we are so excited. Absolutely cannot wait for the matchup. And I actually think that you've got a really good chance against Lightning. I think you match up quite well to them. So, yeah, it's going to be a good battle. So, thank you both so, so much for coming on today. London Pulse have certainly been a huge talking point within our league this season. And I think it's fair to say that you've surprised and delighted a lot of people by making semi finals. And we know that Pulse are mostly quite a young side with an average age of just 22 years old. But you've definitely shown that you've got the strength, the power and the discipline to really mix it with the big guns. So, Sam, you clearly hold the youth of our sport in really high regard and obviously trust and believe in them to win. So can you talk to us a bit more about this? Why did you recruit such a young team for this year? Well, when I was recruiting, I was not uh, genuinely not really looking at age. I was looking at the talent, looking at the chemistry of the players we were going to recruit, who would get on well, who would be supportive, who would sort of live by our club values. And uh, as the players know, it's really important to me that we have players that are all decent people before being netball players. And um, we just happen to have 15 amazing netball players also within our squad that are decent people. And that they they are young, but they're ready. You know, it's not like they're inexperienced, that they're ready and they're ready to win. And there's been that sort of desire to win. We were probably a little bit flat after last season, felt we should have done better. And the whole approach from pre-season this year has been, well, let's try and win. So it's a really positive environment with young athletes that are obviously breaking into the roses and the futures. And um, every session's just a pleasure just to coach these guys, really. Mm. I mean, if you're not going to be in the league to win, then why are you here, you know? So regardless of your age, if you're not striving to win, then it kind of what's the point. So I absolutely love that. And I think one of the first questions that always pops up whenever we talk about young people in netball is how on earth they manage all the different stresses in their life. You've got your schools, you've got exams, you've got family, friendships, work, discovering your identity and and so much more. And then having elite netball on top of that is just mind blowing to me. So Liv, how have you been able to manage all of these competing priorities and how do you kind of separate those stresses to be able to perform on court? To be honest, I just kind of wing it. And now I should say, <laughs> Sam knows organisation is not really my forte, you know, being organised and that, but I have improved. I feel like when it comes to balancing uni and netball, it's about, the way I do it is I try to find free time to actually just fit everything in. Sometimes if I have an assignment, I might do it on the way to training or I might just do it before training. And then with my friends, I feel like they have been really supportive, like especially this season. And I have, like majority of my friends are athletes as well. So they kind of understand my commitment um, to netball. So like whenever I can, 
they'll be up to, you know, meet up and chill. So my friends haven't really been stressing me out, thankfully. But then, like, with family and everything, I feel like just having that support unit around you just makes everything so much easier. Like, my family and friends understand, like, they understand how much netball means to me, like, my aims, what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to achieve. So because they understand that and because they're so supportive, everything else just kind of falls in place. So whenever I can meet up with them, I will meet up. Whenever I can actually have like a full family time, my family know, okay, cool. Maybe this day she can't, maybe next time. So yeah, I just feel like when you have a really good support system around you, everything just makes, it just makes everything like easier. Um, but yeah, university, we'll, we'll get in there. Well, <laughs> like one day I'll master it. Just not yet. Just, yeah, one day soon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're certainly doing a good job from from what we can see. Like, you honestly have one of the best game faces in the business. Like, you come on court and it looks like nothing phases you. It's absolutely phenomenal. Everything that goes on outside of netball, you've clearly just left at the side of the court. So I think you should probably give yourself a little bit more credit for that. Sam's always told us, like, whenever you come on court you just focus about net like you just think about netball's nothing nothing but netball whatever happens off court you can worry about that when you're off court when you're on court is business like yeah and I get told that a lot like I look calm on court honestly I'm not because in the changing room I'm screaming my head off but <laughs> yeah I don't know how I do it I just do it that's another thing I just do so yeah and I think as well, when we talk about sort of the power of youth and young people, we know that in wider society, young people have shown their ability and their fearlessness at wanting and succeeding in changing the world. And I think if we look at Marcus Rashford as a prime example, he single-handedly took on the government at 22, 23 years of age and committed them to feeding the kids in this country. And we know that netball doesn't have the same profile as football yet, but we are starting to see a bigger profile for our athletes, for the sport. And they are starting to speak out on topics that are important to them and promoting positive social change. Liv, is this something that as one of our elite athletes that you're conscious of at all, this increasing profile of the sport and our athletes and the ability to make a difference in society? Um, Yeah, definitely. I feel like, well, I'm just speaking on like behalf of Pulse and what I've seen Pulse girls do, like bringing more girls from different backgrounds, for example, like to try and like play netball. And I think Pulse have really done that in a in a way where, for example, like being a girl from like the African kind of like having African parents, sometimes sports is not something that they really focus on. But then having like the young ones just to be able to see us. African girls like do it and then like for example at Pulse in our pathway we've got quite a few other African girls that are taking part of netball and like actually taking it seriously and I think because they're seeing some of the older girls do it it's it's encouraging them and I feel like Pulse have really I like to say like we've at Pulse let's try and get let's try and get some English out I just feel like we've encouraged other young black African girls to play netball and maybe if even if it's a thing where they're just doing it because they're in school and then they just drop it later off at least they're still doing it and I feel like our pathway really shows that we've got we're very diverse and that's a really good thing to see at Pulse so it is showing and obviously hoping that you know in the future more and more um, girls from different backgrounds start to play netball but yes definitely something I've noticed and yeah, as I said, from being from Pulse, I'm really proud that we're able to bring that into our pathway. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of my favourite quotes is you can't be what you can't see. I think it was Marion Wright-Endelman who said that. And I absolutely love that. And I think it's every word of it is true. And I suppose, Sam, to bring you in from a head coach perspective, this kind of athlete to icon speaking out on issues of that are pertinent to society is that something that you're conscious of as a head coach role and the responsibility that comes with that for your athletes yeah I mean the one of the advantages and privileges of being the CEO and the head coach is that I can make decisions that I know will genuinely make a difference in terms of our ambitions so our club being reflective of the people who live in London is really important to me. And so 
trying to encourage that diversity and celebrating the fact that we speak 30 different languages in the club and just seeing like we've had a camp today we have camps regularly and you see the children of all shapes sizes colors faiths um they all come together and um just enjoy being part of our um pulse family and that that's something genuinely we are trying to change um so that uh, players and anyone can come and feel part of netball and um contribute whether you're a player whether you're an umpire whether you're a scorer whether you're a photographer We've got a guy that's come coming in to do some um, news reports for us, a guy called Sam, who's a young black uh, reporter. And he's great. He's written some brilliant articles about our athletes and giving opportunities to lots of diverse parts of the community is just absolutely success, um, essential to our success. Yeah, 100%. And I think there's so much work that you guys do in this space. And I think you're a real example to a lot of the other sort of clubs and franchises out there. I think another thing that strikes me when we talk about the youth within netball is the ability to cope with the emotions that come with elite sport. And we saw this year that Pulse under-21s were crowned NPL champions again, and a number of the athletes in the under-21 squad are also regular features, if not starting players, in the senior squad. So, Sam, how do you manage the emotional loading of these athletes who who not only have to ride the hide and lows of Super League, but also the wins and losses of MPL as well? Well, I, I think generally people underestimate what young people can do. And, you know, everybody in our squad loves playing netball. And I know that's an obvious thing, but, you know, you know they'd all play netball every day of the week if they were allowed to and not go to the gym and not do all the other boring stuff that they have to do that sits around the game. So the, in terms of the uh, pathway and the under-21 competition particularly as well, that we, we hold that in high esteem. I think it's really important that that competition is viewed as um, a stepping stone into Super League and the fact that we've got players like Liv was involved last year we've got a number of players this year that can straddle both of those teams is only is can only be a good thing and sometimes those players playing at under 21 level get their court time they do a lot of their learning in a less exposed space really and they're less vulnerable to you know, they can be freer to try things out, make mistakes, and it's not quite so much in the public eye. And that helps them then be free to play with confidence when they play Super League as well. So it's a a really good preparation. So Niv is a good example of that. Obviously, um, first choice shooter under 21 level, wasn't first choice last year, started to push her way in. And now we can't get her off the court, you know, because she's um, been able to, you know, make those mistakes in a safe environment. She's been able to thrive. She's been able to come on in the right games. And you can sort of see us doing that with Berry this year. You, you know, there are other shooters that we, we want and other players across the court that we want to put on the court to thrive and enjoy their time and, and know that they can continue to improve. So I think it's a really good vehicle to help players develop and be ready for Super League to to really value the under-21 championship. Yeah, 100%. I think that just highlights the importance of the performance pathway to preparing our athletes. And I think it's really interesting what you say about the uh, under-21s NPL being in a safer environment because it's not you know, it's not necessarily broadcast or streamed anywhere. So there isn't quite the same amount of pressure. But that that thing around underestimating the youth is something that exists, I think, both in and out of netball. People always underestimate what our young people can achieve. And I will hold my hands up. I did fall foul of this before the season started when I saw how young the team was I was a little bit skeptical of not having as many experienced players the likes of Keeble you know to help steer the ship but I think you've absolutely managed to shut me and any other naysayers up throughout the course of the year so Liv do you think that you've been able to use the fact that some people may have underestimated you due to your youth to your advantage yeah I'll I'll say yes because like being a young team, we know there's actually not that much pressure on us. Like we've, the way we kind of saw is we've got nothing to lose compared to other teams. Like we are young, 
we might not have as much experience as the other girls, but that doesn't mean we're not going to gain that ex- same experience. So, yeah, I would say we definitely use that, use that to our advantage. And we, for example, Thunder, where we lost by three and then six, we were able to still push a very experienced team right to the last second. So that's stuff like that. Like it just shows that, yeah, cool. We have an average over 22, but we can still do what the other girls do. So yeah, I'll definitely say we've used the fact that we're young and inexperienced or the underdogs um, to our advantage. So yeah. And I feel like we're just going to continue because with us, it's like, because we're so young, we can only go upwards that like we can only improve. We can, there's, there's actually no other way. Like we can only actually improve. So it's like, not only do we have nothing to lose, but then we'll, we will only get better. So, yeah, we have been using that to our advantage. And, yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep doing that. Obviously, Sam's going to keep, keep drilling us. So, yeah, we're <laughs> going to keep doing that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I think this is something that Tamsin Greenway has said, is that you guys this year remind her of Team Bath from years ago, where they had all these shining stars who just hadn't sort of quite connected, and then bam, they're on the scene, and they're winning everything. And another thing that Tamsin said, actually, she's talked about it on Off the Court before with regards to the youngsters, is the fearlessness that, that they have. Sam, in your experience in coaching, is this fearlessness something that's just inherent within our youngsters or is this something that you consciously try to train? It's a bit of both, I think. I mean, it, why, why would a young athlete have anything to worry about? I mean, they don't. there is nothing to worry about. They're playing, they're reaching their potential, they're enjoying their netball, they have good friends. It's all positive. And when you start to come into a VNSL sort of arena, then obviously there's more pressure there, but it's still the same game. And you've only got to look at the standard of the athletes in our squad. This is just down to quality. You know, these are really top quality athletes. And to me, our job is to just get them to combine together to play well. Um, But there is no doubt in my mind that they are some of the best players in the country and a couple of them probably in the world. And, you know, they've just got, it's just a great environment to be in. It's a great environment to coach in. It's a great environment for the players to be in. And, and they all know what they can achieve as well. And I think just one other thing on sort of experience is that all of these players have been through the England pathway as well. And, you know, they've had tours abroad. Um, they've already had setbacks. They've had wins and losses for the England pathway as well as VNSL pathway. So, you know, you could be an older player in Super League that's already had far less experience at top level netball than these guys have had. So, you know, just because they're young doesn't mean they've not had experience of top level competition. You know, a lot of them have played against Australia and New Zealand and other countries from around the world with England futures. That They're just really ready to achieve. And for me, it's just really obvious and as you say maybe it wasn't obvious to everybody else but it has been obvious to me for for a long time working with this group yeah and I think the belief that you have in your girls is just it shines through it's so obvious and I think that's one of the beautiful things about Pulse is that visible belief in your athletes and if we've mentioned about your game face a little bit earlier and you said in an article with Sky Sports recently that being a starting shooter has been really scary and you didn't realise it was going to be this scary and although you've admitted that you are nervous on game day you have one of the best game faces in the business because you do not show it at all so how have you personally managed to turn this fear and this nervousness how have you turned that on its head into a source of strength on game day honestly i'm not sure i kind of just see every game as just another netball game before i would see it as like let's say playing against Bath, like, oh my gosh, it's Leila Gosar. She's been playing for England for years and everything. But now it's just it's just another normal like netball game. Yes, I'm playing against other England defenders or other international defenders, but it's just another another game of netball. Nothing like there's nothing scary about it. I've done it before and I would do it again for probably the rest of my life. So you know, I just kind of see it like that, and I think just having a, the girls around you like. For example, she knows and I'm nervous, so she just comes to me like, hey, Liv, it's just another game of netball. Yes, Lindsay, it's another game of netball. So just having that 
that reminder all the time is just another game of netball and just, there's nothing scary about it. It's, nothing bad is going to happen. You know, the worst that can happen is that we lose, you know, and even that will bounce back. So, yeah, I just kind of see every... I have to panic first. Like, don't get me wrong, I have to panic. I have to do something to just get it out. And I feel like once I've calmed down, let's say probably like 20%, then I can just be like, okay, it's another game of netball and it's just one game. And then when I get my first shot in, I'm like, oh, okay, it's just another game of netballs. And then I just just continue, you know? But I think it's just that reminder all the time, like, well, you've done it before, you can do it again, it's fine. That just helps me. So I try to not show it. Because I feel like as well, when you show it, defenders can always get the best of you. And then... I will show it when I'm in a change room, like crying or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, cool, it's fine. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something that Dan Ryan mentioned when we had him on, is that you're not defined by your wins and your losses. It is just another game. You will go again. I was just going to say that Liv and I have this little dance before every game where Liv comes and says, Sam, I'm really nervous. And I always say, that's a really good thing, Liv. (laughs) I always think Liv smashes it when she's nervous. So uh, I'm always happy when Liv comes up and says, Sam, I'm really nervous. And then and then then she's fine and um, always plays well when she's got a little bit of nerves. So I, I think it's a good thing. You know, it means it means something to you and, you know, your adrenaline's flowing and therefore you feel nervous. And once you get on, you do the job. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that is absolutely adorable. But I used to have the same, you know, I used to be a puppeteer and I used to sort of tour around countries in theatres and schools and stuff. And I was always, always nervous before every show. But for me, that's just a sign that you care. It is a sign that it means something to you, that you you hold value within it. And so I think that is actually a good thing. It's just about being able to convert that encore into channel that into a positive energy and perform well, which you absolutely do live and I know you saw a couple episodes ago you were crowned our player of the round and what we mentioned in that episode is that you have really grabbed this opportunity to have that starting goal shooter bib Uh, you've taken it with both hands after having to compete with Ziggy Berger for court time last year so how important was this element of competition that you had last season having to fight for your spot with regards to your development yeah, I mean, last season I kind of knew I knew I had to fight real hard for like just to get on court, and I wasn't surprised. You know, having an international shooter ahead of you is bound to happen. But any time that Sam put me on court last season, I would grab it with both hands, and then this season it was very much okay. Where you're so used to either playing behind someone or just having someone there, this season is very much different. Where I'm not as experienced and so is um, Berry. So it's like having, you know, two young shooters. That's the recipe for disaster in my eyes. But then when Sam believes in you, it's just like, why, what is Sam seeing in me that I'm not seeing in myself? So it was just like anytime someone put me on court, I would always have to think, okay, cool. So Sam's put you on court because she believes you can do the job. So why can't, why don't you believe you can do it yourself? And then having, as I said, like having the girls around you talk to you like, Liv, you can you can actually do this, like you've got this, like, oh, you've got that goalkeeper, you've got that goal defense, like, you've got this. It just helps me calm down. I'm just like, okay, cool. So maybe there is a reason why Sam's chosen us to be her. Um, starting shooter so it has been challenging and as I said I get, I do I still do get nervous like I, I will always get nervous I feel like no matter what game no matter what level I'll always get nervous but it's always for me remembering why the coach in the first place has put you in that position and if she believes in you then you should believe in yourself it has been very fun I'm not gonna lie like it has been fun but it has been a bit weird like not having someone ahead of you like, that doesn't mean I don't fight. Like, I'll still fight for my position always. But then, like, I've kind of, like, I've, not kind of, I have earned my spot. And I feel like, because of what I've done last year, obviously, Sam, Cena, I'm like, cool. Liv, I, I believe in you, I trust in you. So, yeah, I'm very thankful that, you know, Sam's put me, like, starting Shia. I am very, very thankful. So, because I haven't told you, Sam, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And I, but that's the thing. I think you can see how much you are loving it. And even though you do have that like stone cold game face, which we absolutely love, like you're clearly relishing having gone from 
being the apprentice to now being the master, like you're the starting goal shooter. It's going to be on you in, you know, a couple of years time to then nurture the shooters that are coming underneath you. So that, that flip I find is really fascinating. And Sam, from a coaching perspective, what, what's your views on this kind of element of competition and, and getting your shooters to really battle for their starting spot? Yeah, well, you, you can't win a game without shooters. doesn't matter how good the rest of your team is. So, yeah, shooters are really important. But I think one of the things that probably people don't see that uh, the squad certainly sees is that if Liv does come off, she's just really supportive to Barry as well and the other shooters that come on. Um, and that's really important as well, that all the shooters genuinely support each other's success. And I think, I think, we are the highest scoring team um, for shooters in the league. So um, collectively, we are the best shooters as well. And I think that's, again, just testament to the competition they have in training against our really tough defenders that make them really good. But, you know, I know when Berry's come on for Liv, Liv's the first person to sort of support her, cheer her on. Um, they give each other feedback. So it's a really healthy environment for competition as well and Liv has is right she has earned her spot um she developed so quickly last year and was performing really well in the team last year it was then again just obvious to me that she'd earned her place as a number one shooter when we were recruiting for this year and I knew she'd be terrified um but I knew she was ready so you know that's sort of I guess I guess part of our my coaching skill is to know when players are ready and to know when to protect them. And, you know, Liv's repaying us with some outstanding performances this year and some outstanding shooting. And I know she's got a poker face, but she does do the odd little wiggle when she's uh, really pleased with herself. So I'll, I'll be looking for a bit of that this weekend, definitely. <laughs> I love that. I do wiggle when I eat food when I'm really happy. So I'm going <laughs> to assume it's the same wiggle that you do on court. But I, I mean, I love that kind of developing players as people first philosophy and sort of knowing them well enough that you you know even before they do sometimes whether they're ready for that starting position or whether they need another year on the bench and you have that that people first ethos and I think that there's a, a really great quote from Franklin D Roosevelt who says we cannot always build the future for our youth but we can build our youth for the future so how much of what Pulse does revolves around nurturing your athletes as humans, as young adults, as opposed to specifically as athletes? Well, a lot. I mean, there's a lot of support behind the scenes, whether that's helping with references, whether it's helping right to unis, whether it's explaining to people's workplace what support these guys need. It can be anything from helping them find accommodation, looking after their mental health and well-being. It can just be really, really pervasive, a num number of sort of support systems that are there. And we, we have um, a lot of staff that are in and around training that aren't performance staff. So they're sort of Raf and Lisa that are, are not, not there to pick the team. They're not there to um, look at anybody's performance. But I think they do a really good job in just being good with the girls as, as people as well. And, and they can have conversations with them that have nothing to do with performance. So we, we've got a good club system in place and, and lots of very committed staff and people around that genuinely want these girls to succeed you know off the court as well as on the court and and that's a genuine and deliberate thing we try and do at Pulse as well. Mm. I mean I think that's so visible and I think the growth that you guys have had this year compared to last year has been absolutely sensational. Um, I'm very conscious of time so I'm just going to move on to some rapid fire questions. So first up, Liv, coming at you, what is your favourite thing about playing for London Pulse? Um, I'm in London. That's honestly my favourite thing, like being in my home place, you know, home city. And it's like this, it's the city, like there's, no, there's nowhere better than London. Sorry to anyone else listening. If you're not from London, you're missing out. So that's definitely number one. And this, um, this is going to sound weird, but... When I was younger, like the way I used to choose what franchise to play for was based on their kit. 
and polls are pink. So I mean, that's not even a that's not even up for discussion. You know, <laughs> I want the best colors. So pink and London. Yeah, that's just that's li- literally it. Pink it. matches your pink Crocs, Liv. Yeah. All right. So Sam hates my Crocs, and I told her that for Christmas I'm going to get her Crocs, and if we win, I'm getting her dog's Crocs as well. That is incredible. So you absolutely have to win on Friday yeah. now. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely love that. I mean, pink is, I could not think of a worse colour to wear myself personally. I'm not a pink person, but I will say Flyhawk, sensational. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say Flyhawk. We'll give Flyhawk the credits. Yeah. Because <laughs> Flyhawk's kit banging, like absolutely amazing. So London and Flyhawk, I'm going to, I'm going to say those two. Love it. Um, Sam, coming to you, what is your score prediction for Friday's semi-final against Loughborough Lightning? Uh, London Pulse win by six. By six? Love it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then finally, one for both of you, but Liv, we'll come to you first. If you could import any player from either the ANZ Premiership or SSN to come and play in the VNSL with you at Pulse, who would it be and why? Okay, with me as in go attack or with me just in the team? Just in the team. One or two players? The question's one, but you can have two. I've always said Shamira Sterling, goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Let's pause and go defence. And through me, I was on win defence, that's like a deadly circle that I would not even dare enter in. Like, I think those three together stick. So definitely those two, because I just feel like there's no ball that's going in that circle. So definitely those three together. That, that's like a dangerous, dangerous... Yeah, there's... Yeah, those three, 100%. Yeah, that is an outrageous combination. We need to make that happen somehow. And Sam, from a coaching perspective, import any player from ANZ to SSN to play Impulse. Who would it be and why? Oh, it's so difficult. <laughs> Pressure. I feel, like, I feel like I've got all the players I want already. Oh, no, you can't get out of it that easily. <laughs> um, I think I've said this before. Um, I'm actually a really big fan of Liz Watson because she's a wing attack and I was a wing attack, but obviously not as good as her. But I just think she's an amazing mid-courser. I think she's probably the best mid-courser in the world at the moment. So I would like to be able to work with her if, if I had a choice of anybody. And I can just imagine her feeding Liv and Sasha in there and um, just being amazing as, a, as a, an attacking unit. Yeah, that would be absolute fire. Oh, guys, thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you both. And I, I think what I'm going to take away from this is just the raw potential and the power that our youth in this league have and I'm so excited to see where you guys go as individuals but also as a club so thank you so much for coming on Ah, what an awesome interview. I'm so rooting for Pulse, you know. I just kind of want the youngsters to do it. Sorry, Lightning, also really love you too and we're definitely an impartial podcast but... (laughs) Ah, oh, there's something about this team. Wouldn't it be a fairy tale if they made it to the final? Oh, 100%. Although actually Melissa said last week sport is not a fairy tale. That is very true. Yeah, we shall see, we shall see. Before we wrap up, it's time to take a look ahead to the finals of the Vitality Netball Super League. This year, we've teamed up with Sideline TV to pick our showdown of the week, highlighting two key players who we can't wait to see go head to head. What are we looking at this week, Luce? So, given that this week is semi-finals week, we've decided to pick one showdown from each game because, to be honest, they're just too good to (laughs) to only pick one. So, we've gone for two. Been greedy. So, first up, Thunder versus Bath. And I've gone for Sophie Drakeford-Lewis on Shadeen Vandermeerver. Now, this one is a little bit of a risk given that Vandermeerver is recovering from injury and we don't actually know if she is going to play. But if she is fit, then she will absolutely be on the court for Thunder. I think it's fair to say you can definitely notice the impact in the last couple of games that she's been out. And although Millie Sanders and Amelia Roscoe have had good runouts, Vandermeerver, she's some pretty big shoes to fill. We know that Thunder's shooting end is prolific, really. (laughs) 
but their defensive end have actually conceded more goals than any other team in the top four. And that's with the caliber of people like Almond and Vandermeer. So I think that Shadeen's going to have to have a pretty big day at the office to disrupt that moving circle of Borgia and SGL that we know can work really well when they're on, mm. which is the, you know, that's the thing. But don't forget, actually, though, it just occurred to me that this is a semi final rematch from last year. <gasps> Ooh, retribution. So there could be a little bit of fire in the belly from, the, from both teams, actually. Yeah, for sure. And from the Pulse V Lightning game, we've gone for Keeble on Cholok. Mm. Now, I think this could be a really fascinating matchup, actually, because I think Lindsay is really well known for being that hassling type of defender. She really hassles her opponent. She's great at getting the upper hand psychologically. I think if she can push Cholok quite high in the circle and then force the ball to be worked around, then she'll then set up Fadoju for success and provide her with loads of opportunity to just do what she does best and just pick the ball out of the air for fun. That being said, on the game on Monday against Thunder, Cholok was actually shooting from some range. So maybe she'll have the confidence to just turn and shoot if Keeble does keep her high. Who knows? Mm, but I think it's yeah. a really interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Oh, there's to be honest, there's juicy matchups all over the court for both of these games. I cannot wait to watch these. Let us know what you think by heading to our socials and don't forget to tag at sideline.tv. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Quarter Time. We can't wait to bring you more netball chat and a wrap up of the 2022 season <laughs> next week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at Quarter Time Pod for the latest netball updates. Get involved in the conversation online by letting us know what you thought of the semi-finals this weekend <laughs> and the finals as well, and which players have stood out for you. We'd also really appreciate it if you could just take a moment to rate and review as it does help other people to find the podcast. If you enjoy listening to us, please let us know and do spread the word with your netball pals so that even more people can get involved. Don't forget as well to check out our partners Carbon Jacked and take advantage of the exclusive 30% discount on their memberships using the code NETBALLPOD. Take care, everyone, and see you soon. Bye. Bye.